The PWR presents What If? What if John Cena turned heel? What if China became the first woman world heavyweight champion? What if Owen Hart never passed away? What if Magnum TA never got into a car crash? What if Hulk Hogan stayed with the AWA? What if Shawn Michaels signed with WCW? What if WCW won the Monday Night Wars? What if Vince McMahon's WrestleMania failed? What if? <laughs> you know what? You know, I do the spiel of in, uh, of intros. I do the spiel of spiels. You know, I'm magnanimous. I'm scholarly. I'm glorious. But you know what? This is not that time. This is time to be a little bit darker, a little bit sinister, a little bit of the man that's controlling the future right now. <laughs> because I'm feeling so, you know, evil. Not Dr. Evil of Austin Powers, but I'm feeling a little evil right now. I feel like changing history. And welcome, oh, welcome to the PWR Podcast here at the PWSO Networks on the YouTubes. Welcome to all the Hamenites on the Hamen Media Group at Podbean. Welcome to all the Vitoites. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling a little bit dark. I'm feeling a little mysterious. And the reason is, it is time for the debut of the PWR presents what if <laughs> well you know what before I even talk about the explanation of the show I must introduce my cohort in crime the man who has got the crystal ball somewhere in that dungeon that is called the Hall of Wonders he is your friend of mine the conservative liberal the liberal conservative I think he's trying to find the portal right now because he didn't know where he's going he is your friend of mine, Mr. Dum Dum Duel, Enemy It's Own, the Iron Stomach One. Yee! Tommy Wonder, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, maybe I had to check my dates and see if it was Halloween. I thought you were going Vincent Price on me with a Halloween episode or something. Oh, hell no. You know what? <laughs> it, it, it's nice to feel a little bit dark. It's nice to feel a little bit mysterious. And, of course, we are close to Hallow's Eve. It don't matter. But with this concept for the reflection, let me explain what me and TW is going to do here. We are doing what if. We, this is like me being Professor Emmett Brown and TW is Michael J. Fox. But Marty you know McFly. What? Why can't He's I be Mar Marty McFly? You are Marty McFly. Are you trying to I'm give me Parkinson's? You weren't no. the actor's name. You were the damn character. You're making me Marty. I mean, Michael. <laughs> Well, I forgot his name. Thank you for reminding me what his name was. But anyway, he's Marty McFly, even though he looks more like Professor M.L. Brown. But you know what? I got to catch myself. Before. You said that during Suburban Commando, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. But anyway, I am the professor, so I have to be Emmett Brown. It's called typecasting. I'm stereotyping myself because I am the professor. So I control the DeLorean. I control everything. But I need a, you know, a co-pilot. And Marty McFly TW right here is the perfect co-pilot here. 
So TW, before we even explain what we're going to do here, you know, the concept that our executive producer extraordinaire, Big Ray Hernandez, has bestowed on us. And we're going to take this task full on. This is not a, a one and done reflection. No, 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 no. We're going to do one next week. And I'm going to surprise TW with what we're going to do next week because I think he will have a little glimmer in his eye. He's going to have a little smile, if you will. But I want to save that for later. But TW, you know what? We talked about in past reflection episodes, how we would change everything. So now with the concept that we have bestowed, that Big Ray is bestowed on us, are you ready to change the course of wrestling history? Do you think that we can change it for the better or for the worse? What say you? And then we'll, we'll explain to reflection that's what we're going to do. We're about to find out. This is a trial. <laughs> fire so we're about to find out part of me thinks we're going to talk for 18 hours straight other part of me thinks we're going to hit the 18 second mark and crickets just up well, all right well that was fast but we shall see yeah i got props i got the crystal ball it's crystal that ball is for the future i don't think it's for the past and mm -hmm. also um you're not going to believe me. Wait, is that a crystal ball or is that a snow globe? I, I mean, I was, I'm kind of looking at it. K-Fade. <laughs> so three days ago, legit, mm -hmm. for a couple days, I actually was, watched Back to the Future, not knowing that you were going to bring it up. I, didn't, oh I fell asleep, so I didn't watch it all. I made it to the part where Marty had to meet Emmett at the uh, clock downtown. Mm -hmm. And I saw the beginning where he blew himself up on the speaker because it was connected to the plutonium and all the clocks went off at the same time. And they were half hour late and he didn't make the cut for the talent show because he was too loud. And who told him he was too loud? Who? I forgot. Hugh Lewis. Of course. Yes. And a great sound and a great and a great soundtrack, by the way. Oh, that's what made me watch it. I was listening to 1985 uh, top hits on iTunes and uh Back in Time by Huey Lewis and the News came on. I'm like, man, what a gem. Like, I, I don't even remember that song until you hear it, right? And then I'm like, oh I'm all in. But it wouldn't have been one that, if you said, name Huey Lewis songs. It wouldn't have been Back in Time. It would have been Harder Rock and Roll, Power of Love, Stuck With You. But you mentioned Big Ray, so I try to do something every week. This is my only thing I got this week in the mail. It came early. People are buying I, I, I told you, Intervention, you got to save we're in an inflation. We're going through inflation. I know. I pre-ordered. I'm doing my best to get the economy okay. back up. But all right, this is this is apropos to our show because mm -hmm. when we go back in time, I was not a fan of this guy. Now I am kinda. Mm -hmm. I'm still not buying his T-shirts. But here you go. You ready? I'm ready. And it's it's my second figure of this guy. Goldberg. Goldberg. With both belts. And two heads. Well, three heads, actually. Oh, that, oh okay. It's like, it's, it's like your DMs, you and two dudes. But, um, uh -huh. yeah, right. But that guy there is going to play a part in our show today, I think. So I, I feel as apropos to show that. That's called the Ultimate Edition Fan mm -hmm. Edition. And for maybe the 12 of you that maybe three of you collect two, I got that on Amazon for $32.99 US. People are still buying it on eBay for $50, $48, $60. And I tell my buddy Jeff Jeff Cavanaugh from Impact Wrestling, I'll name drop. He, uh, I said, dude, people are either lazy or stupid or both. He agreed, both. 
Because mm-hmm. if all you have to do is go to Amazon, even if you paid shipping, you're paying less than you did on eBay by winning it for $50, $60, $70. It's insane to me. People don't shop around. Right. And if, if you're a Prime member, it's free shipping. But neither here right. nor there. But, right. That's what I mean. That's yes. the only logical reason is they're not a Prime member. But right. it's 6 bucks shipping if you aren't. Gotcha. Well, Reflection S, again, this is the debut episode of PWR Presents What If. And the reason that I talked about Back to the Future is apropos to TW, because those three movies, a considerable event happened, and Marty and Doc went back in time to change the course of history from that one event. Something happened there, and the timeline skews. So why not try to do it in professional wrestling, TW? So for our debut episode, we're not going to, like, bore you because, again, this is not going to be a long-ass show because, again, we we can drag this out if we felt like it for five hours, but then I don't want to lose 12 fans to now (laughs) three. So neither here nor there. But like I said, the debut episode, we kind of did it already. And if you did not listen to our spotlight, we talked about this. So for the debut episode, it is What If D-Generation X that consisted of Triple H, X-Pac, and the New Age Outlaws with China in the tank invaded WCW's Monday Nitro. If the gate was left open, the tank goes through, what would have happened? How history would have changed in professional wrestling? So, T.W., I'm going to try here first. Okay. There's going to be two scenarios here. My first scenario is real life. I want you to do the booking part on the second part, all right? Let's talk okay. about the real life uh, aspect of it. Because to me, T.W., if the gate was left open, I would say two people were be, would be responsible for leaving the gate open. And that would be Triple H's and X-Pac's best friends. Kevin Ash... And Scott Hall. I know Scott Hall was not there because if he was there, Reflection Nights, I'm guaranteeing you. He would have found the door. He would have found a security guard and told him, open the goddamn gate. Right. He would have done it. I I swear to you. I swear to you. I believe it in my heart and soul. He wasn't there. And we know why, T.W., because, you know, alcohol and drugs. And, of course, I think he was on kind of like a double secret probation because that was a tricky time in 98 because Kevin Nash was mad at Eric Bischoff for, number one, releasing X-Pac and X-Pac going back to WWE. And then Eric Bischoff was not going to release Kevin Nash and Scott Hall from their lucrative contracts. But again, semantic reflection, nice semantics. So our what if, TW, is Scott Hall was there. He would have had that gate open. Now, for me, on the real-life situation, TW, you can only kayfabe as much as you can. Your best friends are on the other side. So when you come down, you know, Bruce Pritchard has the camera guy with him behind, right? So what do you expect? I think Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would have just hugged their friends, hugged the DX, done the two sweet signs, and they and all the curtain call. Cut, and they would have done the curtain call right back there. So what and left you, with them. And left with them. <laughs> there you go. So, T.W., what say you on the real-life aspect? Because they ask you in this kind of context. Monday Night Raw is supposed to entertain you. Monday Night Raw is supposed to entertain you with the, with the wrestling in the ring. We know that the friendship is so, like, paramount between all these people right now. 
not with the, I don't think not with the outlaws, but you know, with Triple H and Xbox, and of course, you know, with the New Age outlaws, it's like the mafia. A front, it's a friend of ours, so they're right. already down for the cause. Friend so of a friend. They're not, yeah, friend of a friend. So they're not gonna try to entertain the fans to a degree. They they're thinking right now, just hugging each other and just you know, DX and NWO Wolfpack, you know, together is enough entertainment. And to me, I'd be my jaw would drop. I'd be like, oh my god. Right. So, but they're not going to entertain you by going to the ring. They're not going to entertain you with maybe cutting a promo. What's the UTW about that real life aspect? Well, the, you're right. So, th- so that's the thing, right? So, I, I don't. I, I'm trying to stay within your parameters because, and I'm trying to be open minded because, mm-hmm. you know, Eric Bischoff and Kevin Nash can say in hindsight all they want. They dropped the ball by not letting them get in there, right? right. Um, but I, I would assume, exactly, you said. Like, I, I disagree to a point because I think. If Triple H and the Road Dog and all them with the cameraman, if they could have made it to the ring, they would have went. Because remember, that was airing on Monday Night Raw. So mm-hmm. it would have been entertaining. And everybody on Raw watching it would have been like, what the fuck? Whereas nobody in that building had a clue they were out there. The only ones that knew they were out there were the people outside already who they were interacting with. And if the people inside were getting text messages or phone calls, and cell phones weren't that prevalent back then yet. I got of my course. first one in, in, in 2001. Oh, no, that, no, I got it in 98, 99. But I didn't right. have one where I'm just firing but up minutes. People like had Skypagers, but at that time it was Skypagers. So right. the next tell right. Skypagers. But I'm right. actually more on that real-life concept. If Nash and Hall was right at the gate telling yep. the security guard, just leave it up. Yep. Would you would I think let's go with the first scenario. They're not going to the ring. They're not gonna give us what right. we want. They're just right. gonna fuck up. You can conceivably say they could fuck up two shows, Nitro right. and Raw, because Raw, right. you're expecting what you're saying. I'm right. just saying I'm going with the real life friend aspect because remember, the click, that bond with the click is still going on to this day. Right. They they mourn Scott Hall, they're all Hall, Hall of Famers. Again, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are together running WWE, so there is that bond of brotherhood. So in that sec, in that second TW in 1998, let's forget about the booking part. Let's just go with the aspect part of the real life. They just would just hug each other. Is that enough for you and I? Let's just say for the camera just to see that, and we'd just be satisfied. Hell yeah, because you'd be like, holy shit. Razor and Diesel were on WWE Raw again. Whether they should have been or not, they would have been. And and my thing is, the real-life aspect, the reason I say they would have left with them is because they're already trying to get out of their contract. At that point, you got no choice. Like, what? And then they right. walk out and stay on camera with them as they're, as they're leaving, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're only going to show so much of it on Raw, but if they left. But then you open up the can of worms on Raw where next week people are like, dude, are Hall and Nash going to show up? And then when they don't, there's a big letdown, right? So that's where right. you're running into, you're right. They probably hug too sweet. Bye, nice seeing you. Come back soon. You know, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and and it would have been great if they did do that. And then the next time they were even remotely close and if Bischoff was smart, he would send them to go look for them <clears> at their raw the next time they were nearby. And then if they don't let them in, then they look like idiots. But mm-hmm. if they do let them in, Bishop looks like a copycat. So it's like it's a it's kind of a high high risk, high reward situation with all of it, right? I think I, think, I actually would change it. I think it's high risk, no reward for Eric Bischoff to even allow that uh scenario right. to even happen because A, 
Let's remember this. I, and I, I think the reward is them saying, oh, you you did that? Hold my beer. We're going to do it right back. That's what I think the reward no. is. They don't look like bitches. The no. way it played out was shutting the door. To this day, they look like bitches, right? <laughs> well, again, that's debatable. Again, that's a, that's Bischoff protecting his brand, protecting WCW, Absolutely. protecting Absolutely. his wrestlers in case safety reasons. You never know what – this is terrorist. This is actually a right. terrorist move they had a tank. from – and they had a tank, too, so you don't even know if that shit's loaded. So, again, right. let's go into another real-life scenario here, TW, the Eric Bischoff factor. Because, again, you know, he did his his promos with Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the ring and all that stuff. But, again, with this happening right now, he and James J. Dillon should be somewhere backstage. So we already know he told somebody, bring the gate down. So like now let's try to let's try to combine the real life with the booking aspect. Now let's let's play devil's advocate with Eric Bischoff saying leave the gate open. What does Eric Bischoff do? I'm gonna go with one scenario here and, and try to and bounce off or give a, a different scenario. I think Eric Bischoff maybe in his mind, and I'm I'm trying to be nice here. I I can embarrass them, but do you think it would be embarrassing by having a like Doug Dillinger and 20 security guys right at the gate being open or having the cops there arresting them on Monday Nitro TV. Is that a win for Bischoff or does that make him look like a, a bitch because he's not trying to give the fans what they want? What's say it's, it's a win for DX and WWE because fans are just going to think it's the same thing as Stone Cold getting arrested coming after uh, okay. Vince McMahon. There's no way. It, it, to me, it would make fans think, they're working together. They're, if, if, if at any point a WCW guy, be it Hurd, Dylan, Bischoff, or Hall, uh, I mean Nash, or whoever, if any of those guys end up there, it looks like they're participating. So I think, in hindsight, I think he did the right thing. I think that gate should have been closed already. So they, the reason they look like bitches to me is they're like, get out of here and shut the gate. If it would have been already fucking shut, they could plead ignorance oh well, shit. we didn't even know they were out there fuck you i didn't know those guys were out there right mm -hmm. but yeah. it looks like they oh no they're here that's that's they look like the 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 the, the winter's coming on the game of thrones where they're closing down the the black the big black wall because the walkers mm -hmm. are coming you know so it it it, it, it does that but I, I disagree with you i think he would have spun it a different way okay. i think he would have tried to make it look like because i'm telling you right now if anybody in that building if they would have taken, like, if all of a sudden we're watching, like, Shane McMahon in a Nitro ring and McMahon in a Raw ring and split screen, if we're watching that with two separate TVs, because we would have figured out how the hell to get Nitro on one TV and Raw on the other. Oh, if, absolutely. If Nitro at, at any point put Triple H and DX on camera, I promise you everyone in the fucking building would have thought they signed them. It would have looked mm -hmm. like NWO 2.0, and I think it would have hurt WWE for the next week or two because people would have, just like I said, if Hall and Nash left with them, people would have watched Raw to see them show up, and when they didn't, it would have been a, a letdown. Mm -hmm. I think if, if you have Triple H and them on screen and everyone's like, holy shit, we're going to see TX versus NWO, and then when it didn't happen the next week, but if they, Bischoff's smart, he could keep teasing it like, you know, keeping it going. Eventually, you're going to pay the piper when it never comes to fruition. But right. I think he's smart enough to make it look like he's on board so that he doesn't look stupid. I, Otherwise, I it looks like they took over his show. 
Okay, so now reflection X, we're going to try to, let's say, book it here. So let's just say, what if the tank was allowed to go in and then drive to the, uh, to the gorilla position, and then they get to the staging area because they can only go as far because the, the Monday Nitro staging was big enough, but they had, a, they had like these little open entrances for cars because they used to have the Bigfoot trucks and all that shit. So let's just say that entrance was open wide enough so that tank can go in. So TW, let me ask you this scenario because I think we lived during a, during a time, especially in the 90s, if you was blessed, reflectionized with the Monday Night Wars, you had wrestlers that can think on their toes, TW, and you know what I'm what I mean. Hogan's a great talker, a great ad libber to the situation. Ad lib, yeah. A great Reaction. situation to ad lib to feel what the crowd is doing. Triple H was getting there as a great ad libber. B plus player, no matter what, but he's a great ad libber and can read the crowd. Same thing with Nash, a great talker a great ad-libber, and he knows what's going on. He can feel the pulse of the fans. So, again, you get where I'm going with TW. You got a lot of guys in the 90s because, honestly, TW, again, let's go to the present. Do you think any of these wrestlers today can ad-lib to feel the crowd and feel a reaction? Because I, I see a lot of wrestlers today, and I'm not, like, pointing out AEW or NXT or, or anything. I just think it's generational. I just think if the spot doesn't work, you're like, oh, shit, what do I do? They can't think on their toes. If a promo sucks, they don't know what to do. Marina Shafir, guys, Google it. That's how, that's, a, that's again. You don't know me. You know, right. You know me. You don't know how to ad-lib. But, TW, you get what I'm saying, that today's generation of wrestlers cannot ad-lib or, like, you know, adapt to something negative and make it into a positive. I think in the 90s, you had a plethora, a plethora of guys. You're going you're gonna to get a rare compliment to this guy who's in the news today. Um, I think the one guy who could adapt is Jericho. Um, Mm -hmm. Examples of people who think they can adapt, but they can't, and it's proven, and I'm not picking on AEW. They're just, they're older and think they know what they're doing. Is Moxley, Mm -hmm. I just called that some bitch Moxley, but Moxley and Punk, both of them have done interviews where they were going south, and instead of changing pace and, and, going a different direction to see what'll work, they start belittling the fans. They start getting condescending and they mm-hmm. start getting uh, personal. They, right? they read the room. They read the room right. so they know how to adapt to the situation. They know that... they're sinking. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying they don't, they're not good at it because they're sinking. Oh, okay. oh, all right. And instead of trying to right the ship, they just mm-hmm. start insulting the fans in con- condescending ways and then they end up getting booed out of there, right? You, we've seen them all. Shafar, God bless her. She's an MMA chick that didn't cut it in, in, in NXT, and then her husband's fucking trapped there. She'll be the next one to show up at a show with a tank. Let my Bronny go! Um, <laughs> and she's there, and they put her out there too soon. Right? Wait, hold on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm about to say cut. I'm like, wait, I got a tank too. <laughs> Let my Bronny go! All right, go ahead, GW. But you know what I mean? Like, she just was it's, it's too much too soon for her. But someone mm-hmm. like that. Like an example for Hogan, Hogan versus The Rock. No one in the freaking world expected that crowd to turn on The Rock and cheer Hogan. And both of them came to the agreement. They had their whole match called right to to have Rocky do all the baby stuff. They switched it, and it made Hogan 
like do mm-hmm. the stuff to pop the crowd and then the rock do whatever or they or they didn't and they no, should rock, rock was told what learn um, lead, let hogan lead and then just right. bounce off of it and right. he just did beautifully yeah. and that's and, what and, made it a great match that's better yeah, yeah. right so but so you understand where i'm going with question, now right. as you're asking me you know i'm picturing all the guys i like and i'm like nope 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 cena but does he really count He's he's damn near '90s guy, so he's part mm-hmm. of that generation. So, right. uh, Randy Orton maybe, uh, but I, I think Riddle. I love Riddle, but I think if the crowd was turning on Riddle, Riddle would fucking crumble up into a piece of paper and run and hide. I don't think yeah, but, AJ, yeah, maybe, maybe AJ could do it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, we're talking about guys longer in the tooth, whereas the younger guys, maybe the Miss. And again, is he even really young? You know, because I met him in '05. Right, I him in 05. Yeah. And rest. So, so yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Those guys could have, but now you're not talking booking. Now you're talking them winging it and, and kayfabe. Well, again, DX got the tank to the arena, to into right. the arena. Right. So, right. of course, I think, let's just say Bishop What did they says, book? What did they what? book for themselves if they got in there? Right. So, we're, we're yeah. going like this. Bishop might be like, like you said, Bishop might be like, all right, I got the ratings. I got these guys here. Let them go in the ring. See what's up. Because then the illusion for the smart fan is like, wait a minute. You signed these guys? Right. Or B, you finally got a super show. We, we got a right. joint venture here because the smart fans would have just had those thinkings in their heads. And if you allow DX to go to the ring and cut a promo, whatever, you know, uh, Tr- talk trash about WCW, talk trash about Bischoff and all that stuff. The fans would have been on DX's side. Bischoff is thinking about one thing, TW, ratings. So now let, let's just see. So now Triple H and DX, they do their spiel. They do what they do best. They cut maybe a – they're giving – I'm going to give you a number, TW. They get, Bischoff gives them 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the ring. Just a freestyle. Just a freestyle. Before anything, before Bischoff, so let me ask you this. You already know the stylings of the New Age Outlaws. You already know the stylings of DX and what they do with their promos. You already know they're going to cut an ether uh, heat promo towards Bischoff, an ether heat promo towards Hulk Hogan because those are the people that they don't like. Right. So what say you, TW, about WCW? How do you wing it against that kind of promo? Who comes out? Bischoff? Hogan? Who else? DDP. Reti- DDP? Wow. Yeah. Why? Why would you wasn't it, wasn't he the guy they were building up? He was the new baby face or was that when he was hurt? No, he was in ninety eight. No, he was he was a baby face going up against Hulk Hogan. It was him yeah. and Ro- it was him and Malone against uh, Hogan and Rodman, him and Jay Leno against Hogan and, and Bischoff. So you're well, right. But- I, I would think it would be Hall, Nash and Hogan or not Hall. Nash, Hogan and Bischoff would be the ones that come out. Because you almost gotta keep it kayfabe like DDP wouldn't come out with those guys. Sting wouldn't come out with those. Or you could do what I remember an Impact episode did this once, but it was more of like an attack situation. You had mm-hmm. those multiple entrances. You could have Bischoff, Nash, and Hogan come out here. Luger, Sting, and DDP come out here. Goldberg come out by his damn self. And well, then let you me got add, people let, tuning let me, in. Right. Of course, they're going to tune in because it's now getting interesting. But let me ask you this, TW, because what you said, it actually – makes sense on the WCW side because there were certain moments. Remember in the NWO wars where the locker room of WCW, where there was heels, heels and faces came out together to join together 
against the common enemy, which was the, the NWO. NWO. Yep. So with DX doing what they did, what you said about DDP, maybe being right next to Hogan, maybe being right next to Bischoff, now that you said that and now me backtracking with what they did booking-wise, it would not surprise me if DDP for one night, one night only, be like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's my friend. Yeah. So, TW, let's book it. Would, would uh, DDP be in the crowd or would, would he be right next to Hogan and Bischoff? What would be the best scenario for DDP against Perfect DX? Storm? Yeah. Bischoff, Hogan, and Nash are standing there, and DDP comes through the crowd one way, Sting comes through the crowd the other way, and they stand shoulder to shoulder with the three of them like it's a full house. Like, you mm. know what I mean? They just, no words spoken, just stood shoulder to shoulder, like us five against you five. One of them's got to fight China. Right, because again, reflection. I, <laughs> nothing, that, nothing. No, 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 no. Again, you got to be Roddy. I'm not trying to hold this all in right now. So it's kind of, it, it's very good. Bischoff, Bischoff fights China. There you go. <laughs> they, they, oh God, that's that's a that's not a fair fight. It's a quick one. Yeah, it is. A, he's a karate man. He, he can yeah. beat shit out of. Well, he's he, also he a be, smart man. Knows not to hit a woman, so she's bonking him, and he's out. No, you, you know what Bischoff would do against China? He get Ernest the Cat Miller to fight. Fight China right there, but anyway, neither here nor there. But now I'm trying to remember my train of thought here. Uh, <laughs> you said DDP on one end of the, of the arena, Sting on the, another end of the arena, Luger somewhere on, on a different Forget side. Forget Luger. Forget Luger. Just going to even it up. Five against five. China and Bischoff are not physically involved. Oh, so, so you, you got... want to keep it? You want to keep it a small number, not the not like thirty WCW you gotta, you guys. Gotta... You got to keep it with the people you trust that are going to, um, which Hall might not be one of them. I'm, I'm, Nash, why the fuck do I, I keep picturing Kevin Nash as I say Hall, but Nash might not be one of them. He could be your wild card where they get down there and then Hall, or Nash turns and starts bonking those guys, right? My question is, if they did that, would they still work or would it be shoot punches? Because well, you- Nash isn't punching those guys shoot. Well, I would have to go with the wrestler here, T.W. So maybe in your history of, you know, ruling the Detroit wrestling scene, you've had people invade. I I remember one time ECW had a show in uh, California and the XPW guys invaded. There was they they threw some. It was a shoot. It It was was a shoot. shoot. Because you're protecting your brand. no, No one. There's never been that on a show with me, but there's been guys that showed up. Like, they weren't necessarily representing um, uh, another promotion, like a rival promotion, because most mm-hmm. guys around here wrestled for all of them. They wanted to right. think we were WCW, NWO, you know, WCW, head injury, WWF. Like, they tried mm-hmm. telling us, you can't work for them if you work for us. I'm like, oh, and you're still giving me a fucking hot dog and a handshake? All right, I'm going to mm-hmm. go work for them. And they're like, all right, come back, come back. You can work for us, too. But the one thing you protected was the title. If they put a title on you, you don't go lose on the other show in the opening match. Then then you're just being, you know, right. an idiot because you're making yourself look bad, too. So I get some of that. But but whenever someone would show up, there would be a buzz around like, yeah, man, them guys from fucking whatever here, what should we do? Immediately, people are like, let's go kick their ass. And, like, legit, in the back, let's go kick their ass wherever they're at. And so see, see, that's, that's the, thing the difference. These guys oh. are professionals. These okay. guys know what's live TV. They also know, because I would hope if they made it that far, the raw camera's still taping it too, so you got the simulcast, 
You know, going. Yeah, you you got that grill. You got the you got the fan cam on the raw side, and then you got right. the nitro, the the right. the fishbowl angle, so you yeah. can see everything going on. And you don't Let want it to go south on either show because it's still mm -hmm. live television. So there, there's there's some eggshells to be walked on, and there's some respect, professional respect. You know, unless they're mad that they did it, but if they were that mad, they wouldn't have let them in. So right, you, you know, because what I mean? look, so I look at this it, analogy. It could have been something that was a stinker. Or mm -hmm. it could have been great. It went to commercial, broke it all up, and then we'll be still talking about what if. Because right before mm -hmm. they went to go at it, they cut it off. Right. You know, the reason I'm asking you this, right, TW, let's look at it from this scenario. Let's go real life just for a second. You got five guys invading a bar. It's not their bar. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's it, they invade the Cheers bar. Everybody knows your name, but then these five guys, you don't even know who their names are. They invade. So Sam and and Woody Harrelson and George Wynn and all these motherfuckers are looking at, who are Cliff. these guys? Cliff. They're going to fuck up the guys going and, into the bar that nobody knows. So you got to real the bar. Real Perlman re being there throwing punches. That's what I'm saying. So TW, so you got five WWF people plus the cameraman. So let's just say six going up against the whole. They're entering a bar that's not theirs. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. So, like you said, they got to be professional in some aspects because, again, you got network television executives, you got sponsorships. So it's it's a very thin line you got to tread to try to get get this over and then you know get it legally over. Either way, what say you, TW? I think if they make it to the ring, everything goes so, like a work. No, like oh. a work. But the reality, mm -hmm. what I think would happen if they would have got in. Um, I don't know if Ron and Don Harris were in either company at the time, but those are the type of guys that Bischoff they were in WWF. Had. They were in WWF at the All time, right. so so they're not there. So D Bischoff is the kind of guy who would have sent over the, Haku the, the, and Barbarian, Haku, Barbarian, Vader, and the Harris brothers. Go beat the fuck out of them. that. That and it wouldn't have been on camera other than the Raw, you know, stuff. If the camera made it in there, that's mm -hmm. the kind of petty shit that would have happened as long as it right. was in the back. And they would have done it under the guise of, well, they trespassed, and we just protected ourselves. But um, it's fun to think that if they made it to the ring, and I honestly believe if they did it, they're doing it on eggshells. Like, all right, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. And what I do honestly think if that happened, I mm -hmm. honestly believe it would have led to a WCW versus WWF pay-per-view. For sure. Because especially if the rating spiked on both channels, Mm -hmm. They would have worked something out where Ric Flair and Hogan go two out of three falls, and the third fall is a fucking draw. So neither one of them got pinned or lost, right? And then mm -hmm. your tag team champs win, but my IC champ beats your U.S. champ. You know, no belts on the line, obviously. Okay, um, well, let me let me ask you this question. Which pay-per-views get what you're talking about? Because at Survivor. the time, let's say... Survivor let's just, Series would be part one. War Games would be part two. Because, nah, because... Well, the reason I disagree a little bit, let, let, let me just backtrack a little bit, because this invasion happened, let's just say, May of 98. So we're not even near SummerSlam. We're not near uh, Road Wild. We're not even near Great American Bash. That's why, so that's why I'm asking you, TW, King how of the long? Ring. Kings of the Ring. King, you want to do King of the Ring with this big kind of thing, blow off? Because well, I don't... It would, it would make that a big blow off. It, it, that would make it big. But I don't think that's enough time. I think you do the Great American SummerSlam, and you do it smack dab in the middle of when the bash in okay. SummerSlam would have been. Then you got all of June and some of July to build up to it, and mm -hmm. then you have that match, 
and then once a year you agree my my thing that i always thought would be cool um and it and it could fucking oh. backfire you would have to have trust is mm-hmm. you throw all the names in the hat so say you want to book i think you're safer having teams of five against each other survivor series style war game style um that's why I was gonna say you forget. Don't forget, Fall Bro '98 would have been a better war, war games DX versus Team WCW. You already right. have your four or five. Right. If you want to add China but, into the mix? But instead of making it the war games rule, you make it the war games match with the Survivor Series rules, so guys get eliminated. And what you do okay. is you throw all the names in the hat, and as you pull them out, that person's eliminated. And then you pull another hat out, this guy eliminates him, and you hope the numbers even out so it's not a five to one. And you agree that we don't do a five to one, but we don't right. necessarily do down to one against one. Yeah, you can still have two guys beat one guy, and you do it by the two guys double teaming that guy to win. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy, right? Mm-hmm. But you do it knowing that next year when you come back, you return the favor. Or you do it every six months. Like I said, do war games. At one point, six months later, do Survivor Series. Six months later, do War Games. Six months later, do Survivor Series. And until it doesn't draw anymore. And you just do it with respect. And you do it by, you know, like they do simulations. Like they pick the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup again by doing the simulation of the seasons. You do that. Let me ask you this question here. Since this is hindsight, and you actually booked it with the respect factor, you're already thinking about a number of pay-per-views. Money. When talk. No, no, but besides, money. Yeah. besides the money factor, right? if WCW accepted what you're saying, because, again, another company invaded your territory, your TV show, your brand, your arena that you're paying for for the night, if they allowed that, do you think WCW would still be in business today? Let's say that shit made money, they would not only still be in business today, they'd still be doing it every six months having a super show. But it might have killed the wrestling business in general. Because it might have made it to where people only watch that and they're like, fuck both those shows when they're not everybody. They're boring. Mm -hmm. Right? Then you got to do it more often. Then eventually you merge. So yeah, I think they still end up gone. Or WWF gets bought by them, but in a better situation. Not going out of business. But hey, fuck it, it here. Take the whole show. It's funny you're saying that because, again, with the smart fans, T.W., let me just try to put in for today's standards. I saw a lot of dream match. Let's just say dream match scenarios. I already saw it in Ring of Honor. So I'm not really as hyped for, like, this dream match scenarios like AEW New Japan because I already saw it via the Ring of Honor. So there's nothing really that could get my goat if you – like Kenny Omega versus Okada. I've seen the match. I saw it in Japan a couple of, been there, done that. So, you know, should I be that? But, but professor, don't you want to see it in American soil? What, what more can you top when you had three classic bangers in Japan? What, what, what more can you do? You just being, I guess you're just being greedy just because you want to see it. It's not going to, maybe it's not going to catch that lightning in the bottle, TW. That's what I'm just saying. What you're just saying, you might get tired. We might've got tired of the super show, uh, aspect or in the late 90s that's why you had to do it once a year or once every six months i think once a year is too long because it it breeds the lack of trust like yeah they're gonna show up are they gonna come through whereas if they do it every six months you're gonna set the tone where you can trust one another and do it but you don't put everybody on every show right no no i get i get you but I'm, i'm agreeing with your with your what you're saying because i think if we if we started that in the late nineties into two thousands, we would already be tired of the right. the dream matches are over. 
We would have got an AEW anyway because somebody would have wanted something people, completely different from that. No, no, because people were, were kind of like pissed off because we already saw DX against uh, the NWO ger- geriatrics at WrestleMania. It didn't matter in 2015. But if we saw it in 1998 when they were in their prime, yeah, I would have been hooked. But then, like you said, can we? Can you keep it going year after year? Right. And then can you be smart about it? So before we close. You know what would be cool, though? What would be cool? Is if they secretly built up a guy in WCW for WWF and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then when they had those joint shows, that's when the guy went to WWF, like a turn where you make a, a situation where like, whoa. Who saw that coming? And then, which, which I agree, it, 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 it would be like, you mean an infiltrator and then swerve it? But no, no, like WCW's in on it. They just start okay. booking the guy six months, like the week after the last one. And okay. Build him up, build him up. And then when the thing comes, he turns mm-hmm. his back on WCW and goes to the WWF side. And then mm-hmm. six months later, he's on the WWF side versus there. And then WCW one up you. Because we did the same thing. We sent the guy there. Right. Like you, on camera, it would be Infiltrator, but they would be in on it. But I want to say, before you close it, yeah. here's, my, here's my dream scenario of that night. Okay. Sean, Sean would have been there, and, and Hall would have been there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And when they all got in the ring, you would have the almost original NWO as much as possible. Hogan, Hall, Nash, um, X-Pac would stand in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have Sean, Triple H, and China. And then you got the New Age Outlaws, and then pick any other two guys for the NWO, right? Uh, Jarrett and uh, Jarrett, Big, no. Big Show, yeah. whatever. Well, Big, Big Show, I, 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 well, and maybe then, the only one that would have made sense would probably at that time would have been, you mean on star stature or just or loyalty? No. So just Which picture way? it. X-Pac is standing right in the middle like Richard fucking Dawson, like he's the host, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's just standing there. Then right. next to him on his left is Hall. On his right is Triple H. Next to him is Nash. Next to him is Sean. Mm-hmm. Next to him is Hogan. Next okay. to him is X or yeah, or, you know the now outlaws. And then you right. put one more guy there. Savage. He would have been Savage. Savage. So mm-hmm. now Hogan, Savage, Hall, Nash, Sean, Triple H, DX, X Pac's in the middle. China and Bischoff are standing out to the side. Mm-hmm. And as they're squaring off, Hall and Nash turn on Hogan and Macho. Sean and Triple H turn on the DX, or the Outlaws, and then those guys Ooh. form their own shit with Xbox. So now it's Hall, Nash, and they call it the click. Mm-hmm. So Hall, Nash, Triple H, Sean, and Xbox, who is a member of both. And that's that's the that, title that's that's the you-didn't-see-it-coming booking right there, right. courtesy right. of the Tommy Wonder. So before we close, TW, I want to give I want to ask you the, the aspect of a different way. I, I like that booking. Don't get me wrong. I, I love that. I just want to go with the real-life aspect because I want to – if DX was in the ring, right, doing what they're doing, right, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were on the aisle listening to everything and they panned the camera – you know, I, I would I would think in one scenario they would just look at Bischoff like this. Mm-hmm. While they're speaking while DX is speaking truth bombs, looking at Bischoff like Where's the lie? Where the is lie. the lie? And they're <laughs> and they're literally like they're they're like ribbing not ribbing Bischoff, but actually like burying Bischoff with their facial expressions. Do you agree with that or do you think there would be a difference? 
or they would be professional to try to stick up for Team WCW. No, because they would have been on it from day one. They, they probably knew. Um, Hall did that kind of stuff where he went when someone else was talking. So mm-hmm. it would be perfect if he directed that. Like when Bischoff talked, when they mm-hmm. talked, the point. They got a point. And, and do like a scoreboard. One for them, zero for you. You know. But again, you got to remember, they're trying to get fired. So everything they did, I'm telling you, they would have been on board, hook, line, and sinker to make Bishop Hogan and WCW look stupid. They would have done everything they could where you had no choice but to fire them. And Mm -hmm. then why did X-Pac? I always wonder that, like, how X-Pac went so fast from from WWF to there and Mm -hmm. then gets released because he was kind of a surprise uh, that night after Sean lost the belt. When they when they got in the ring and they, the crowd was kind of like, what the fuck, X Pac? Like what? What? He was in. He was battling injuries and then he didn't make some dates on house show circuits and Bishop so released they just, him. They just did him like Austin. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Not coming back. Bye. They did they didn't the uh, ass call and ass like that's your little brother. Do you care if we let him go? They would have fought for him, right? They, they would have fought for him, and but Bishop wasn't hearing that for, in that in '98. He was just so that's. That's mistake number two. Mistake number one is the Mick Foley's winning the world title of the night. Mistake number two is cutting him and treating him like he did not matter when he was blood to the two guys that revolutionized mm-hmm. the entire thing. That's well, two mistakes. I, huge mistakes. Well, well, with that being said, TW, I think this was a success. We did what I act, what I set out, set out to do. We recorded for about 40, 40 minutes and changed. We got what we needed out of a what if episode. So I give ourselves an A plus, A for effort because it worked out beautifully. So with that I being think, said, I think Ray's gonna love it. He's gonna he's gonna be uh, internetally blowing us all week. I just made a word up, internetally. I'll, I'll go with that, but I'm not blowing. I him, still disagree anyway. with him. No, he'd be blowing up, blowing smoke. Yeah. Um, I still disagree with him that John Studd didn't slam Andre the Giant. I'm almost unless it was I'm picturing Andre. Slamming stud for that money, and I'm reversing it in my head. Go on YouTube. Uh huh. Type in wrestlers who slammed Andre the Giant. It's like a three minute thing. They show you every wrestler that was on TV that slammed him. Kamala's one. Hogan's one. uh, Warriors one. uh, Anoki again is one. Blackjack Mulligan should be one. If I'm I'm, if I'm mistake if I if I'm correct on that. But there is a video. Just type in. Wrestlers who slammed Andre. This is like a three-minute. It's a vid, It's a music video, you could say, of people slamming Andre. So if you if and John says not one of them, eh? If he slammed him, it was not on TV. It was on a house show. So in right. the territory. So you might have the Mandela effect, but you don't have the proof. And with that being said, we close on this premiere episode of What If. So TW, next week we're gonna do it again. We're gonna do another What If. But I'm gonna give you the treat. Of treats. We're doing another yeah. what if? We're gonna do another what if, but I think you're gonna like this one. I'm doing. I, I thought of this while while we were recording this. So hopefully, I may, I get your goat, and you'd be like, "Oh damn, professor, this is gonna be a good one." But this, I'm gonna need you to really hound hone in on this one. So next week, reflection nights, we're gonna try again. Episode two. I'm actually keen on this one too. What if WWF let Lex Luger? Beat Yokozuna and become the WWF champion at SummerSlam 1993. TW, we already have in my head. I already have in my head what would happen. There you go. Save it. 
Yeah. I know. I see a little smile. So like, yes, we're gonna we're gonna do Lex Luger some justice. If, if it would have happened, it would absolutely alter my entire wrestling life, including shit I have tattoos of. See that reflection, nights? He's already th- he's already flustered. He's already th- he's already <laughs> giddy. He's already giddy. So TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. All righty. Uh, Hameen Media Group at Podbean.com. Uh, real quick, uh, Sunday night I played this game called First and Last. It's a card game. And mm-hmm. first person to pull up a video on YouTube with a, under 100 views on it w- would win, and you pick who has to drink. I opened YouTube, and the first time ever, first video on my screen was our last episode, 8-Track posted it on the hustle and it was mm-hmm. at 28 views but it was the day it was released i don't know how many views it normally gets but it only yeah. had 28 views and i went bam got it and i'm like it's my podcast 28 views so there you go pick one suck it that means our 12 fans watched it twice and four of them watched it three times but anyways back to the, the list so how many media group dot podbean dot or at podbean.com is the podbean version uh, our show on twitter's at pw reflection um Big Ray, can't do it without him, at Big Ray Hernandez um, on Twitter and TikTok. Um, mine are at Tommy119 is my more political uh, fight the, the idiots of the internet Twitter, and it's my Instagram, uh, or at the Tommy Wonder is my TikTok, but also my friendly neighborhood Tommy Wonder uh, Twitter. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. Snapchat is number wonder. And I've been hanging out with the Dum Dum Duo. I've seen them twice in the last week. We got we got some planned videos coming up. So Dum Dum Duo and an idiot on YouTube. Finally. Hopefully after almost a year we're coming back. We at least gotta do the pocket chip twenty twenty two version, which twenty twenty one I did with Kurt Malpe, Red Wing Legend, and that dude no mm-hmm. sold it like nobody's business and it still hurts me to think about it. Oh wow. So you can find me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF, that's PWSOPROF, and if this gets uploaded by 8-Track Brown, this will be on the PWSO Networks on the YouTubes. Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine, at Obi when you know me, and the king of the reactions, 8-Track Brown, at the number 8-T-R-A-C Brown. So again, next week, TW, it's going to be your what if, your man, Lex Luger, what if he won the WWF Heavyweight Championship of the World at SummerSlam 1993 in Auburn Hills, Michigan. With that being said, I'm the professor. That is the Tommy Wonder saying <laughs> good night. Good night. And we'll Are see you next time. Are you ready? Peace!